Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. First kiss is what we're talking about. Why would we pick that theme? Anybody want to take a stab at that? Go, Nathaniel. Because it's Valentine's Day, but why at church would we want to talk about first kiss? <laughs> I know, Luke, sorry. You're uncomfortable with that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What'd you say? Yeah, I don't. Are you uncomfortable with talking about first kiss? A little bit. <laughs> Everybody, let's get the giggle out right now. <laughs> Guess what? We're not even talking about kissing. Ha! Anyway, so, anyway, we had a really exciting act, uh, thing that happened, and I'm glad it happened before church and not in the middle of worship because I would have lost a leg probably. We had a big TV that size sitting on that subwoofer during rehearsal for the band today. And I was sitting on the couch back there getting ready. And all of a sudden, I hear this boom, loud explosion sound. The TV was on, powered up, the whole deal. It had vibrated and fell right off the subwoofer. Glass everywhere. The whole TV exploded. And the glass is thick. It's crazy. Have you ever broken a TV before? I think that's the first time I've seen that. Like, it was crazy. And Kevin said he pooped his pants. <laughs> Sorry, Kev. He's not even in the room. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so um, it'll be on the podcast, though. That's great, right? So if you don't know, we, we record Wednesday nights. So if you really like something, once in a while we have issues with the recording and it doesn't happen. So we're sorry if there's a date missing. You're, you're like, I went to the podcast. If you want to hear it again or you miss a Wednesday night or something, hit up the podcast, right? It's, like, really good, okay? Yeah. I don't know how, but we'll talk to Rick Pickens about that. Google Play. Well, you can do podcasts through Android, right, Stu? How? Which one do you have? Stitcher or something? Search for podcast playable apps and then search Airborne Youth. It's free. It's a free app, and you can play stream that way. It doesn't have to be at the Apple Store. Anyway, Ryan will help you out. So that's commercial break. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, that's on there. Um, so, yeah, February. February, we're focused. First kiss. It's this whole romance month, right? Everybody's lovey-dovey. And I never understood why they had Valentine's Day in February until I moved from Arizona to this part of the country. What? Because in Arizona, February is still pretty warm and, like, nice, and people are generally still happy. But I came out to this part of the country, and this weather for months is freezing. I was like, no wonder they need a holiday in the dead of the hell of winter. Seriously, it's like, oh, okay, this is why. Nobody wants to go outside. Nobody wants to do anything. They're just miserable because it's so awful outside. Anybody else feel that way in the winter? Oh my gosh. In Arizona where I come from, the sun is a large ball of fire and it creates heat. I don't know how we can go months here and you look up and the sun is shining bright and there's icicles trickling off your face. You're like, this should not be. Does anyone agree with me on this? So anyway, yes, good. I know, right? It should be warm. It's all our angle to the sun. I know you science people are all like, you're so dumb, Ben. I know why. It's just a problem in my mind, okay? So here's the deal. Valentine's Day is a huge, huge deal. 
And why is Valentine's Day such a huge deal? What are people doing? Kissing. Why do they? But why? What is it about? Love, right? Valentine's Day is a really dumb excuse for all those retailers out there to make a little extra money because Christmas was really good and then there's nothing. So they're like, we should sell flowers and chocolates and teddy bears and balloons and raise all the rates at restaurants. And, like, it's a, it's a conspiracy, man. Later, Thomas. Okay? So here's the deal. I looked this up, and I was like, I'm curious how much money Americans spend on Valentine's Day every year. Has anyone ever wondered this? Does anyone happen to know how much 2015 produced out of America Valentine's Day purchasing. Anybody want to take a one stab at it? A million dollars? What? Over a million? Yes. 100,000 billion. That's not a number. What? A what? A small million? What? 5.6? 20? No. No. What did I hear back there? 200 million? Check this out. Last year, 2015, Americans alone, this is just, I don't know if they celebrate Valentine's Day in other countries. Is it just us? I don't know. Americans spent 18.9 billion. Billion, not million. Billion dollars. 19 billion dollars, people. Here's the breakdown. Here's the breakdown. Shh. Here we go. Follow this. 52.2 million on flowers. 50 million on jewelry. 38.3 million on apparel. 18.6 million on specialty gifts, whatever those are. 7.2 million on movies. 7.1 million on restaurants. 1.2 million on salons and spas. Yeah, yeah, check this out. Oh, yeah, and that doesn't include candy. I had some of those numbers, but I think I might have lost them. Anyway, well, I just took a screenshot. I could probably find it. I'm not going to take the time. Do you get this? People are, like, wacky about trying to express love. Shh, okay? People are insane. It said that the average, I, oh, I do have this up. Where is it? Where is it? I don't buy anything. Well, that's the truth. Get this. Caleb's like, boy. Good job. Anyway, this is, oh, I don't, I don't have the exact numbers, but the average no, amount of money spent by Americans individually, men, was $274. That's the average. So for those of you who went and bought the, like, $3 necklace for your sweetheart are totally wrecking the curve on those people that go out and spend possibly several thousand dollars on Valentine's Day, one individual. That is insane, right? What? There you go. That, that's right. See, well, and those don't go into the figures even. That money, he, her dad goes and buys the discount stuff a day later. That's my man right there. That's, like, brilliant. Do you know, do you know, like, 
Seriously, if it's really love, then you ought to love that they didn't waste their money because you can buy a dozen flowers in the next two weeks for an average price of $68. February 15th, I guarantee, if you go to the shop, you can get a dozen roses for $9.99. Same dozen roses that you buy it's like, so seriously, get her eight dozen roses for the same amount the next day. Hello? She's worth, worth eight dozen roses. That's got to say something, right? Everybody gets a dozen, but eight dozen? Come on. So, and if you, anyway, are you tracking with me here? People are wacky, wild, and crazy about their desire to express love to someone they care about. Are you with me on this? And I want to talk about with you this month, and we're not going to talk about kissing all month, but we're actually going to use the word kiss as the, as the famous acrostic, okay? You know what an acrostic means? I think that's the right word. What does that mean? Like each letter has a word that goes, I think that's right. What? An acronym? Is it kind of like an acrostic? Could it be both? Anyway, here we go. You know what KISS stands for? You've probably heard this one. What? Keep it, keep it simple, stupid. So that's my challenge to you this entire month. I'm not calling you stupid unless you don't listen to me. No, I'm kidding. Like, oh, I know, right? But here's the deal. Keep it simple, stupid. And when we talk about first kiss, what I want to do is we're talking about God's love towards you and your love towards God and towards others in the most healthy and the most holy way because God created us to love one another. So I'm not going to say that buying roses and chocolate and teddy bears is sin, right? But I do want to address a reality that where the source of your love comes from and why you do what you do towards people matters in eternity, how it impacts the people that you're loving. Is that fair? It's crazy important the way you look at this. And when I talk about first kiss and where we want to go with this is that it matters who your first love, your first kiss is. Okay? If you hear, like, if you've read Revelation ever and you have any concept of what's going on, the first couple chapters are handleable pretty much. But the one charge that that God had against, I think it was the church of Ephesus, is that you have forsaken your first love. You fell in love. You met God. You had the Holy Spirit come and fill you up. And how many of you remember first being saved? Yeah? The first time, like, there was some fire that lit underneath you, right? Unless you were like four like me, I don't really remember escaping from my deep life of sin and drugs and sex. You know, like, it was like, You know, at four, I was like, victory over sin. Still said no to my mom the next day, I think, right? But I do remember throughout my life, there's been significant times when I have returned to my first love and something inside you lights up very similarly to when you fall in love with someone for the first time, right? Anybody ever been in love in here? It's okay to admit it. Don't be a... We don't, <laughs> oh, leave, <laughs> leave it to the little brother to throw his sister under the bus. 
Anyway, oh my gosh. We are getting nowhere fast right now. Okay, okay, bring it back. Right here. Nothing, Andrew, you're good. Like, okay, I won't make you raise your hands because you're embarrassed that you were in love, I guess. Anyway, but here's the deal. There's something chemically insane and wild that happens inside you when you experience what we would call love. And it's very similar to the chemical reaction that happens when you get a new, fresh revelation of God's love towards you, for you. And it happens over and over and over again. It's one of those things, like if you've ever dated somebody and you're like, at first it's like, ah, right? And then like you get into normal life and you're like, yeah, we cool, you know, right? You know how this goes. You watch other people, none of you, other, your friends at school, you watch them do this. They get to normal life, but then Valentine's Day comes. Ah, he got me flowers. Like, it's like, shut up, right? It's this huge thing that like, Something stirs inside you because you get a fresh revelation of the expression of love towards you. Does that make sense? And I can mark like probably 20, 30, I don't know, like individual times throughout my life since I was four when I gave my life to Jesus and had kind of an idea what was going on. But different marked points throughout my life where my first love was restored in my heart and in my mind because I kind of waved out. They're like, okay, I'm just doing life. And then boom, something would hit where you're like, God, you love me. And each time this happens, it's a deeper level because you get to the same understanding you did the last time. And you're kind of like, yeah, I know that. But then something breaks inside, inside you. Like God shows up in worship and all of a sudden you're just like, what was that feeling? Oh my gosh. And you're like, that was great. That was cool. You know, does that make sense? Does anybody ever experience this? Oh, no, never. Any kind of like warm, fuzzy, like God actually loves me. I hope so for crying out loud, right? If you come here, it's like we give you plenty of opportunity for that. And I love this. There was a line in the one song that we sang, so I wrote it down because it was like, this is it right here. And it says, I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves. How do you taste and see of love? Like you're like, it's kind of poetic and right, whatever. But it's real. You're kind of like, I know what that feels like, but can I really describe it? No. But it says right here, it says, where my heart is set free and my shame is undone. I love the powerful words we sing in worship. If you stand there and go like, I don't know this, just read the words and go like, what does that mean? If nothing else, like I would actually encourage you, rather than just singing words, sing the words out of your heart to God and go like, what does that actually mean? Because at the moment where you can sing this reality, I've tasted and seen of the sweetest love that's ever could be where my heart gets totally set free and all my shame and all the stuff I've done wrong is just unraveled, thrown away, and I can stand before God forgiven and loved because that's what he does. Like we prayed for each other at the end of worship, Dylan said, God loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you. And when you get that realization, and it's not just a once like, okay, Jesus, come in my heart. I'm loved by God, and I'm going to go to heaven. It's like you get that, but then you say, God, what is there? What do you have for me? 
What does life look like here? And you pursue that. And every day there's available opportunities to say, to see a new aspect of God's love for you. To get another dozen roses. Like, can you imagine a God with no limit on his resources, the amount of love he can shower your life with? And it's not stupid like chocolate that makes you feel bad after you ate it all in one sitting. And it's not a teddy bear that you end up selling at a garage sale, and who knows why people buy those at garage sales. Um, do you, I know, right? So, what, so what's the other option? Trash. You've seen Toy Story 2, right? Just say, oh, oh, but he was really loved. Stop it, okay? All right? Sorry if your stuffed animal is offended right now. Yeah, exactly, right? You guys are all like, oh, my gosh, I need to get rid of that, don't I? Sorry. Yes. Okay. We're going to get somewhere eventually with this. So here's the deal. Shh, 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 shh. I want to take you to this passage in 1 John, and there's like, I swear, there's probably three hours of teaching that could come out of this, and I won't do that to you tonight. Oh, Thomas said, please do. We're on. You don't want to go to school tomorrow anyway, right? So here we go. Listen. Shh. Listen up for me. I'm going to probably pause and fill in some blanks and stuff as we go here. But this is an incredible segment of God's word towards you. And I want you right now to put your hands out in front of you, close your eyes, and say, God, speak through your word by your Holy Spirit. I don't want to just hear words. I want to receive life to my heart, to my mind, to my body. Because you love me, and that's what you want to do in me tonight. Awesome. Amen. Yeah, dude, awesome. You can, God likes the word awesome. Our God is an awesome God. It's like a good old song. Anyway, all right. Here we go. First John 4, chapter 9. Here we go. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. This is one of the first verses I ever memorized in cubbies. Anybody do cubbies? Oh, anyway, cubbies. It's part of Awana. Okay, here we go. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is God. This is how he showed his love toward us is he took his most prized possession worth way more than $19 billion and gifted it to us. I know, way more than Donald Trump is worth, right? (laughs) Thanks, Trenton, for throwing that in there. Moving right on. Okay, here we go. Verse 11, it says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. That's a big nugget right there. When we love one another, God is seen in us, and his love is actually completed through us and in us. There's a part of love that you understand. When you love someone, what is required for there to be a relationship? They love you back. Otherwise, it's called stalking. (laughs) 
Think it through. If they don't love you, then you're stalking them. Listen. In a non-creepy way, God is the only legal stalker in all of history and creation. Because guess what? He loves you whether you love him back or not because he is capable of that on one premise that he is perfect and his love is absolutely perfect. Humans can't pull that off. You can't solely love somebody and be in a relationship with them, right, without reciprocating love coming back. you right. Because how many of you have ever had a boyfriend or girlfriend that didn't know they were? Oh, absolutely. First grade? First grade? I had, let's check this out. I had two girlfriends at one time. But, 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 I know, bad. It was even after I asked Jesus into my heart. Can you believe that? It was after I was four. (sighs) But neither of them knew that they were my girlfriend. Because I never talked to either of them. Ever. But they were my girlfriend. If my mom would say, you know, so, it's like, or whatever, I'd be like, Valentine's Day came along, you know, when everybody would make the cool little box on their desk and everyone would go around and, did you guys do this in elementary school? We would do the shoe box, and I would deck it out. It would always have, like, secret compartments because that's how I've always been wired. Like, I've got, like, the normal slot, then I've got, like, the hidden part that who cares, but I like doing it. I was a spy or something, right? There was, there was the, the Valentines that you'd buy the little pack, and you'd get all the Valentines for the, the whole class. But there was the one Valentine that you decked out, or two in first grade, right? <laughs> I was like, you know, anyway, (laughs) that's terrible. Anyway, this is all on the podcast. Lord, forgive me. All right. Yeah, tell your friends, listen to my youth pastor. He's retarded. Anyway, um, (laughs) is this okay? I'm good. (sighs) I know. I talk about my first grade relationships at church. Very edgy. We're never going to get through this, Dylan. Anyway, what? What time is it? 8.30? Oh, we got lots of time. We're good. Okay. <laughs> Listen, though. Are you guys okay or are you bored to death? Okay, well, let's pray. No, not quite. Not quite. I want to get somewhere with this. But listen, there was this, there is this great reality in having a relationship that the other person responds in equal or at least semi-equal proportion to your love. And that's God's call toward us is like, listen, I've poured out everything. Everything I have is available to you as a gift. Are you reciprocating that love? And what does that look like? How do you love God back? Like, does he need flowers and chocolates? And no. It simply says right here, if you love one another, then you reveal God in the world, and his love is made complete because his love, the relationship he desires, doesn't work until you respond in relationship and have relationship with your heavenly Father. Does this make sense? Are you with me on this? Am I saying anything stupid yet? Yes. Don't answer that. Here we go. We're going to be done. I'm going to try to blaze through a bunch of this. Here we go. 
We know that we live in him and he lives in us because he has given us his spirit. That's how we know. The Holy Spirit is evidence that he lives in us and that we belong to him, that we're in relationship. Because when we respond and say, God, I want you, he says, good, I'll give you something else. Holy Spirit, which gives you power, which gives you ability to love those who are really hard to love. Because you can't do it without him. You can fake it, but you can't love your enemy without the presence of the Holy Spirit in your heart. You're like, because then anything you do apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, any loving you do is completely selfishly based. And you can look around your world and see that completely. And I would submit to you truly, and I think, I'm, anyway, I would submit to you that people who do not know God cannot love, truly love. They can express affection, but they cannot love the way God loves because without knowing God, you can't possibly understand what love actually looks like, the purest form of, I'm not in it for me, I'm in it for you. So even a wonderful person who gives a lot of money to charity who doesn't know God is doing it somehow out of the goodness of their heart, yeah, sure, like, but if there's a but there's an evil sin nature desire behind it that says, I'm going to get something from this. Tax break, good PR, whatever it might be. It's not genuine love because they don't know God and God is love. So if you don't know God, you can't know love. Are you with me on this? Okay. Oh, man. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. So you live in God and he lives in you. It's this really wild, crazy, amazing thing. You've seen me do the sponge in water, right? If you're like going, how does that work? You put a sponge in water. Is the water in the sponge or is the sponge in the water? Yes. You are in God and God is in you when you soak it up, own it, and make it every part of you. You put a rock in the water, the water's not in the rock. The rock's just in the water. You can be a hard-hearted person who lives your life. God's all around, but you never let him inside. God can't live in you and you in him unless you absorb who he is. Receive his love. Got it? You with me? Ah, Love is so good. Anyway, oh, where did it go? And so we know that, and we rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world, we are like him. When we live in love, we rise above the fear of judgment. That's crazy. That's good, right? To live free. How many of you ever fear judgment? Oh, yeah, absolutely, your parents, right? They read that text on your phone that you sent to someone you shouldn't have, right? Like, but what if they find it, right? I've been, okay, anyway, all right. I'm just being real on this, okay? Um, verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Okay, here's where this translates to our human relationships is this reality 
where you get in a dating relationship or something like this or even marriage in today's culture and you live every day wondering if it's going to last. In fear of loss. You live every day in fear that this desperate love that you can't live without might not be there tomorrow. And you look around our culture and that's real, right? Marriage is no longer a lifelong commitment. It's a convenient contract until I don't get anything out of it anymore and then it's gone. Like, can you imagine living your entire life wondering if this thing is really for life? That's like such, that is fear. That is a lack of love. It's just surviving by expressing affection enough to keep someone staying or something. I don't know what that realm looks like, but our entire world is living in this place where it's like, oh, yeah. And then it falls apart because they were afraid it was, and then it actually happens, and oh, my gosh, and now my life is over. Right? You see it on Facebook. Yeah, you see it. You know, like, as I love people, some people, I hope you, well, I hope people clean up their timelines periodically because, like, you can just watch the roller coaster of, like, oh, my bay or whatever you call it. Like, it's like, oh, you know, right? Your Instagram post, me and my hashtag bay, hashtag bay, hashtag bay. I hate him. My life is over. Jerk. It's like, is that the same guy? Yes, I see this, people. Instagram is public. Anyway, I'm not judging you. I just think it's ridiculous. Anyway. Oh, are we going to get anywhere with this? Yes. Okay. This is it. Last little three verses. We love because he first loved us. 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 Let me go. Let me read. Okay. If anyone says... I love God, yet this is going to, this might hurt, okay? Prepare your hearts. Prepare your hearts before the Lord right now. Just do it. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For any, listen, shh. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has seen. Hasn't seen. Did I read that wrong? Dang it. All right. Cannot love God whom he has not seen. Do you get, I'm going to read that again. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother and sister. Oh, you were hoping I'd leave that one off. Did you, Nathaniel, you only have brothers. Why'd you say dang it? Oh, gotcha. No, listen. Well, take, give me questions afterwards, okay? I know, this sounds really harsh. You're like, oh my gosh, I must hate Jesus because my brother is the devil, right? Yeah. Does, that, does it hurt anybody's heart to hear this? Listen, I'm not here. This is not condemning 101. Okay, I'm not here to make you feel like, oh my gosh, am I going to hell? No, that's, but I do. Listen, there is a reality to the fact that when you say, wow, God, I love you. I am a child of God. The son of God lives within me and his Holy Spirit gives me power to live my life every day. And I can't mess this thing up. 
you suddenly begin to live in a different realm that every person you walk in front of or see on the sidewalk or in the hallway at school or on the soccer field, whether they're on the, your team or the other team or anywhere you go, you love because you know that God feels like about them the same way he feels about you. And suddenly it's not this like, oh my gosh, I have to love my brother so I can be a Christian. It's like, no, turn this thing up on his head and say, who's my first love? Who really loves me and gives me the ability to love him back? God does. We can't just love God. We have to understand that he loves us because he loved us first. He equips us to love him. And when we figure that out and have relationship with God, everybody else that comes in front of us is just a love funnel. Does that make sense? They're like, you know what a funnel is? It's a big wide open thing. And you just go like, love. And you just like pour love into their life because it's not your love. It's God's love toward them. And you're just expressing that love because God's in you. Do you follow? And on a practical level, on a practical sense, you guys have probably, you've heard me talk about dating and blah, 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 blah. Listen to me. You are in a season of life where you have the, oh, like so much available time in your life to press in and get to know how much God loves you, what he says about you, establish a relationship with your heavenly father that is transferable to people around you so that when you meet the person, not the people, the person you are to commit and spend your life in marriage with, you are a love machine. My love machine. Right, yeah. There's a song about that. The world has twisted that concept and made you like made it this like, oh, and the church is like, no, you can't be a love machine. I'm not talking about that, but yes, at the same time, in the confines of marriage, heck yes. Yeah, oh, stop, Trenton. You know what I'm talking about. But listen, this doesn't come out of a, wow, I'm really good at loving people. It comes out of a place of I'm really loved by God, which makes me not afraid and not in fear of loss, but completely willing to give all that I am for the good of somebody else because I can't lose because God's in me and he is endless. So I cannot love somebody so much that I will run out and not have enough left. But I think every one of us have felt that in the human flesh at times in our lives when we're like, I just try and I try and I try and I try to love your siblings. And you're like, I just can't anymore. I'm done. That's because you're loving out of the flesh. You're not letting God love them through you, so you ran out. Your supply is not that good until you've tapped into the eternal supply. And that's what your season of life as young people, as teenagers, is meant for. God designed this season of life for you to press in, be coached and taught by people older than you, by your parents who know nothing. Please, it's so funny how that, like, there's a switch that happens about, like, sophomore year of college where you call home and you're like, Mom, I love you so much. And they're like, you were right. I did this. Seriously, okay? It's like, you're so dumb, parents. They don't know anything, right? God put, 
Listen, youth leaders, he put pastors, he put parents, he put teachers, he put adults. Not all of them are for your benefit. So you have to learn who to take cues from and who to hear and who you can trust and who you can believe. But there is this realm that you are in a season where you are learning what it looks like to soak up the love of God and dispense it to the people around you. And it isn't all about the romanticism and the flowers and the teddy bears and the chocolates and all that stuff. That's all just this fleshy thing that the world thinks is so important. But if it doesn't come from a heart of God love that's already inside of you, it's totally bogus. It's literally money being exchanged for relationship. And that's what you see in our culture is like, oh, man, all the guys are like, crap, if I don't get her anything, it's over. Like how sick is a mentality like that that lives in fear of losing? So it's like, oh, I got to do that. Oh, I got to, oh, man, I got to go buy flowers. Like, does that make sense? In some way, this reality, we treat people like some bargaining chip that we've got to buy rather than just wholeheartedly loving out of a source that comes from not ourselves. And that's really well tested, and I love that John covered that in your siblings. If you're unable to love your siblings, you're going to have a really hard time loving in a relationship that's going to last your entire life. It's February. We're talking about love, blah, 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 right? Everybody in here has a desire to be loved, to have a relationship, to probably get married someday, unless you're called to singleness, which is a powerful reality, powerful gift, okay? And that's on some people. But I would say most of you, if not everybody in this room, desires true relationship that they can know will last a lifetime and not live in fear of losing it every single day. How you do that is you press in and you find the love of God for yourself, how much he loves you, stand in such confidence in that, and then just dispense love. And when you find somebody else who's living just like that too, and they know exactly who they are and how much God loves them, you'll never have a lack because that person will dispense God love to you every single day. And you'll do it to them. And then, whoa, nobody's ever empty. And you find what God's design for marriage is. It's a picture of Jesus and his church. Do you follow? We loving him, he loving us, nobody runs out because we get it that it's not for us, it's for them. So we love God because he first loved us, and it's an unbelievable revelation. Stand up. Ah, ah, ah. Here we go. Put your hand on somebody's shoulder or two people or whatever. Okay? Look them in the eyes. Look them in the eyes. Both of them, I know. Go like cross-eyed thing. Okay, say, say, hey, you are loved by God and by me. Now, listen, listen, Shh. here's the real test. If you have a sibling in the room, I want you to go find them right now. Shh. If you don't, find somebody else who doesn't have a sibling and pretend. Okay, but here we go. Shh, there you go. Pretend. Look them in the eye and say, I love you. Sometimes it's hard. 
But with God's love, I can do this and enjoy it. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.